Emily Choi is a photographer on Oahu, Hawaii. Her work has an emphasis on emotion and creativity. And today we are talking about her unique way of embracing the weather and giving you some tips for shooting in bright sunlight. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, a podcast all about business tips, inspiration and confidence building. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, the host of this podcast, and after over a decade as a photographer, I now help talented photographers run sustainable businesses. And for full transparency, you should know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I will probably mention some of those in this episode. Hi, Emily. I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. And what people don't know is that this is the second time we are recording this because the first time the clip just wouldn't save and it just got lost completely. But our conversation was so good that we had to do it over again. So once again, can you tell me who you are and how you ended up as a photographer living in Hawaii? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on here. I am so excited to do this. I'm so happy that we could find a good time to do a little re-record and have a little practice run. But yes, yes, my name is Emily. I'm originally from California and I moved out to Hawaii to go to University of Hawaii. So that's how I ended up out here. And I grew up always kind of loving all things art and artistic. I didn't have a ton of artists in my family. And so I, I went into healthcare as something that is, you know, a safe and stable job. I did that for a couple of years. And then we ended up having our first son and I went to part-time and then just kind of slowly picked up photography on the side as a hobby. And then yeah, and then I just kind of kept on growing my business and expanding there and cutting back on occupational therapy. And then I went full time a few years ago now. So I've been doing what I love, getting to photograph amazing couples and clients. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's great. Um, I also want to ask you about sustainability, what you think of as a sustainable business. Yes, absolutely. I think sustainability is so important and it's really easy for business owners and um, especially for us creatives to kind of hit some burnout. And so I think a lot of it is just kind of coming down to like knowing our limits. And for me, a big thing that's been really helpful in having a sustainable business is um, outsourcing the things that I'm able to outsource and then also to create systems just to kind of save time on things that don't need to be manually done, you know, kind of starting from scratch every time. And then also making sure to have time for some fun projects and just kind of really remembering what is really fun and exciting about photography for us. So, yeah, that is really, really important. And one thing that I think made me notice you on Instagram, because that's where I discovered you, is your stunning photography. They are so unique and you have all these you know, cool underwater shots and you are not afraid of direct sunlight, all these things. And I want to know if you have any suggestions on how a photographer can really develop their creativity while still being a business owner. Yes, absolutely. I think that the two really go hand in hand. I think that kind of the more, I guess, for lack of better words, vanilla that we kind of keep ourselves in and playing safe. That's kind of when we run into having more competition um, just because our photos start to kind of look like everybody else's. So I think it's really just kind of allowing ourselves, you know, just that time to get out and play, try new things. Another thing that has been really helpful for me to get out and be more creative is to look at inspiration outside of our industry. You know, you kind of mentioned like with the bright sunlight, I've been really inspired 
by uh, more of like the fashion editorials and a lot of the travel magazines, especially living out here in Hawaii with that really bright, beautiful tropical sun and all the colors. And so really just kind of applying, you know, those styles to my couple's work has been what I've been really loving to do. It keeps it fresh, exciting, and just really inspiring for me. Yeah, because often, you know, when you start out, it's fun and you're doing everything you want to. And then after a while, the business can kind of just eat it up because there's so many things you have to deal with that are far away from just being a creative. So I love the suggestion of just looking to other industries and seeing how you might be inspired. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of it, just kind of going back to your previous question, is just kind of being able to outsource the things that do take a lot of our time and maybe we're not the experts in. So for me, example, I have a virtual assistant that helps with some tasks. I also get help with my SEO and blogging and Pinterest and just all the things that are kind of needed for us as business owners, but it's not necessarily in my you know, creative zone of genius. So really just kind of being able to outsource that and then allowing myself more time to play and just you know be creative. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I mentioned about you is, well, you live in Hawaii, you get all sorts of weather. So do you have any suggestions? You know, you're a portrait photographer, you're probably outside most of the time. So how can we learn to embrace it instead of being scared? Yeah, something I think a lot of it comes, at least for me living in Hawaii with being in a tropical climate, we get a ton of sun, we get a ton of when sometimes we also get a lot of rain. That's why our island is so beautiful and green. I think a lot of the pressure that as photographers feel as portrait photographers is kind of managing the client expectations. And so for me, a lot of that is just the really early communication. I have it on my website, you know, FAQs, and then also my investment guide. And then I also talk about it in my emails with them. I'm just kind of talking about, you know, in case there is some rain, what is the plan? Yeah, so I think a lot of it also just kind of comes from getting your hands dirty and just, you know, if it is going to be like more of a wet day, you know, just kind of figuring out what your system is for that. And then also, of course, the same with the direct sun, just really kind of getting out there and shooting in some of that brighter sunlight. Yeah, so preparation pretty much is key and letting your couples know or your clients know what to expect and how to deal with them. Yes, 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 exactly. Yes, yes. I think communication and then just kind of knowing what your planning system is are really key elements for embracing all the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever have to have like a plan B? I do. Yes. So there's a couple instances where I'd have a plan B. Some of it is if it's just going to be downpour rain, you know, for an extended amount of time. So we live on the island. And so there's a lot of little micro climates around the island. And so oftentimes if there's rain on one side, maybe the other side of the island will be a bit drier. And so just really kind of communicating that with the clients. And then also sometimes if they wanted to do, for an example, like an underwater shoot, but the surf is too high that day, then either, you know, seeing if a reschedule is a possibility for that week or to find, you know, an alternate location that is more protected. That makes sense. And I think even though you should be prepared, I think sometimes you need that plan B just if it gets really bad and you don't want to cancel or you can't cancel if it's a wedding or something like that. Yes, 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 absolutely. And I think also just kind of knowing, you know, just really knowing the area that you live in and some backup options as possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I know so many photographers, myself included, is kind of scared of is sunlight, especially direct sunlight like middle of the day. And I know that you have so many beautiful shots taken in the middle of the day. 
what are some camera <laughs> tips like or tips in general what are some tips for mastering sunlight or direct sunlight yes totally i have been loving shooting in direct sunlight i think a big part of it just kind of comes in like the prep work and just kind of knowing just kind of communicating to your clients or just kind of knowing for yourself that the photos are not going to look like that soft golden hour that we all know and love and feel so comfortable in. And so I think kind of once you're kind of able to kind of get past that little reframe or mindset shift, starting like what they're going to look like, it's a lot easier to embrace. And so one thing I love direct sunlight, the middle of the day is still a little bit challenging just because then you will get those shadows, you know, kind of coming down on your face when the sun is directly overhead. But that kind of like that later morning time for me is really, really beautiful for that direct sunlight. So for example, if the sun, you know, is rising somewhere around 630, maybe like that 830 in the morning time frame is really, really beautiful. And then a big thing too, to kind of watch out for when you are shooting people is to look out for the types of shadows that are being cast on their face. So you're not wanting the sun to be hitting them to where like their eyes are, you know, kind of having that more raccoon eye. And so you're either going to want to be backlit and have some of like that really beautiful lighting coming through, or even just not being afraid to kind of position them so that the sun is facing their face, so that their face is evenly lit. And then there they're going to probably be squinting so you can do one of those cute like hands in front of the eyes or you can have them look down or even kind of like turning their face up towards the sun and just really kind of basking in it and then another thing with editing that I found is that the blacks can get really harsh and so I'll often raise that up raise up the shadows and then I love to play with the contrast and the saturation sliders and maybe bringing them down a little bit in the editing yeah, I think those are the main things that I do for the direct sunlight. And I think that the biggest thing, like I mentioned, is just in the prep and knowing it's not going to have that soft and romantic look, but it can still be a really beautiful image. So yeah, definitely. Because, you know, well, I've seen your photos, so I'm sure that they can. But what about camera settings? Is there anything in particular you have to think about? Let's see, I don't know that I do a ton different, maybe I'll raise my aperture up a little bit to shoot more, you know, maybe in like the 3.5 range as opposed to like wide open and then of course just raising up your shutter speed keeping ISO down of course another thing that's really fun in the sunlight in the direct sunlight if you have some sort of water like a beach or you know even like a lake or river is to play with a a really slow shutter speed because I find that those beautiful sparkles (laughs) that kind of come up off the water are really really pretty with a slow shutter speed so that's another fun thing to play with. Oh, cool. That sounds really interesting. What about, do you ever use flash or reflectors or anything like that? You know, I haven't used reflectors just because I'm usually shooting by myself. And then also where I live, we shoot on the beach a lot. And so the sand is a really great, you know, natural reflector. And flash, I've been having fun playing with. I haven't done a ton of it in direct light, but I do love the look. So that is going to be, maybe you'll kind of see some of that coming up soon. (laughs) Nice. Okay. I'm going to have to look out for that. Yes. Emily is so inspiring and I promise she'll be right back. But I wanted to mention that my Instagram inbox is always open. If you feel a bit stuck in your business, if you don't have enough clients, if you're overwhelmed with work or if you're just not making enough money, come send me a message. You'll find me at Ingvild Kullnes and let's talk about it. Now, let's get back to Emily. So another thing that I've seen a lot on your Instagram feed are your underwater shoots and I want to know if there's anything you can say about that like what equipment do you use and how does it work how can you tell people like what to do and 
I want to know it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, underwater photography has been really, really fun to play with. I think a big thing also just comes in the prep work of it and making sure that you are confident swimming in water. It takes a lot of endurance to be swimming with a heavy (laughs) camera and then diving down. And then also for the couples as well. So I guess I'll kind of start with the basics. So the underwater housing that I have is called the Aqua Tech Elite 2. It is an older model. So I'm sure that there are much better (laughs) and newer options out there. But that's the one that I have been using, Aqua Tech Elite 2. And as far as the camera settings go, the model that I have, I can adjust them in camera once my camera is in the camera housing. And so what I'll do just because of all of the changing light with, you know, kind of being up more towards the surface with the sun and then diving down lower, you know, it'll be darker, of course, the farther down that you go. And so I'll always shoot in AV mode. And kind of an easy thing to remember is to kind of stay more like in the sixes. And so I'll always shoot around f-stop six so that I can, you know, really kind of have a lot of it in focus. And then ISO is about 600. This is if it's like a brighter morning. And then you can go up like higher, of course, if you need to, if it's more of an overcast day or if you don't have a ton of light to play with. And then I guess the second part that you're asking about was the thing with the couples and just kind of how do you direct people? So I think a lot of it comes, you know, kind of before we get into the water and kind of explaining, you know, on the sand or something of what I'll be asking of them. So I think a big thing is knowing to kind of let go of all of your air before you dive down that way you'll be able to like dive down farther and like stay down lower. So I'll ask them to like, uh, just kind of like release their breath at the top and then dive down. And then also another big thing is facial expressions. It can be really hard (laughs) in salt water to kind of like have a nice relaxed expression. So I'll just kind of, you know, prep them for that about, you know, making sure not to have, you know, like their cheeks puffed out or maybe like their eyes are too uh, squinted really hard together. So yeah, those are, I guess, the main things for the underwater. Well, it sounds like both when it comes to the weather and the sunlight and the underwater shoots is that preparation really matters a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think just for myself, just knowing what my plan is and what I'm going to communicate with a couple and then just kind of communicating with them as much as possible. Another thing I forgot to mention with the underwater shooting is just how physically taxing it is. And so just to let the couples know that you know, like we're not going to have as many images as we would doing like a land shoot. So just kind of like managing that expectation too, that they're not all going to come out. And then also just kind of knowing that we're able to take breaks, whether that is, you know, swimming out of the water and resting a little bit on the sand before going back in or having something like a surfboard, you know, like nearby that we can hold on to and just kind of catch our breaths a little bit. So. Okay. That sounds like you've thought it through and tried this many times. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Lots of trial and error. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I'm just really impressed that you do all these different things. And, you know, you say that you look to other industries for inspiration. Is there something else that you would recommend just to kind of really focus on the art side of it and not just drown in everything else? Yeah, so I guess a couple things kind of come to mind for this. One is I've been really curating, I guess, like the media that I take in. And so I have just kind of like, you know, really tried to limit my time on places like social media, where it can just feel kind of like a sensory overload, just kind of taking in all these images. And then even just kind of like using that mute button on your Instagram can be really beneficial for this. And then another thing that I do is when I do find a photo that I really love, 
I have some kind of vintage photo books that I just always find so inspiring from like the 60s and 70s. And what I'll do when I find a photo that I really love is I really just try to, I guess, like dissect it in a way and just kind of break it apart. Like what about this image do I love so much? Is it like the soft focus mixed with the emotion behind it? Is it the really interesting composition? Is it the depth of field that I really love? Like what about this? And then I try to break it apart and then see how I can apply that to like, not necessarily copying it in any way, but like, how can I take the concept from this image that I love so much and apply it to the work that I'm creating? That's been another really big thing. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Because I think often, you know, you see something that looks nice and it's like, oh, I want to do that. And you think you just have to make it as close to that as possible. And it's never going to really feel like your own. But if you do that and you kind of break it down and figure out what it is about it that you love, that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I find also just that curation of, you know, what I kind of intake really is a big, <laughs> a really big piece of it too. I feel like if you are constantly looking at images that, you know, aren't really inspiring for you, like they just kind of might live somewhere in your brain and then like subconsciously come out in your work. Where if you really curate what you take in, then like that will also kind of just be floating around in that creative headspace. Absolutely. And I know that you do education and mentoring and stuff yourself. So I'm curious when you've been teaching people, what do you see that most people kind of mess up when it comes to different lighting situations? Oh, the different lighting situations. I think a lot of it, maybe like going back to the direct lighting is just kind of really pay attention to where the sun is hitting the subject on their face. So avoid some of those shadows, unless that's kind of the look that they're going for, I guess. But oftentimes, especially over the eye area, having those dark shadows just isn't really flattering. And then I think also just really kind of limiting themselves to sticking only with like a golden hour light situation, which I agree is really beautiful, but I think it can also be limiting in a way. Um, And so like not allowing themselves that permission to kind of get out and explore, you know, different lighting. Yeah, I think you're right. I think trying different things and not being scared or practicing so you don't have to be scared is a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if someone wants to start Like they're listening to this and they're like, oh, I really want to get started. I don't want to be scared of to direct sunlight. What are some tips you have for them that they can start working on to get better? Absolutely. I think a really big thing is to set up, you know, just kind of like those fun creative shoots for themselves. I still do those pretty regularly all the time. I feel like I always find so much growth in them and there's no pressure to perform or have it look a certain way. So just kind of grabbing you know, like some friends or family members to play with, or, you know, kind of reaching out to some people to see if they want to be involved in a fun creative shoot. And then just really kind of getting out and exploring different apertures and maybe trying like a slow shutter speed, like I was mentioning, or like the flash, like you said, and just kind of really getting out and playing as much as possible. Perfect. That sounds really good. So except for that, what would you recommend doing to be able to build a sustainable business? Oh, I think a lot of it is just like the outsourcing and just kind of building the systems. Another really big thing that's helped me and my business is just to be able to invest in education. I feel like I have just been able to have so much growth and just so much more confidence, you know, just because I have invested in, you know, online courses and mentorships and things. So I think really just kind of investing in your business, you know, to kind of find that growth, kind of getting out to play, building a community, building systems outsourcing the things that you're able to outsource would be my biggest things. Yeah, definitely. 
And if someone wants to keep learning from you and follow you and see all your beautiful photos, where do they go? Yes, I would love that so much. So my Instagram handle is underscore Emily Choi. Choi is with a Y. And then my website is emilychoyphotography.com. Um, I also have mentorship options on my website as well if you want to set something up. Otherwise, I'm always in my DMs and in my inbox. I love chatting with everyone. So yeah, those are the places that you can find me. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. And I'm really glad we got to do this again because talking about Lighting situations is something that I know a lot of photographers are so interested in. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I hope it was valuable for everyone. I'm pretty sure it was, so thank you so much. You just listened to an episode of Sustainable Photography. Please share this episode with a photographer you care about.